The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss business and personal development using LinkedIn. Joining us is Petra Zink, who is a personal branding, digital strategist, speaker, career coach, and consultant at Impact, which is a company designed to future-proof individuals and organizations through reinventing careers and business models by building brands that are agile to change. Petra is also the host of the Future of Work Campus, which is a podcast and a monthly membership for people who want to not only survive, but thrive in the fast-changing world of work. And today, Petra and I are going to discuss how to build a personally branded career. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Petra Zink, personal branding, digital strategist, speaker, career coach, and consultant at Impact. Petra, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I can't wait to dig into this conversation. I'm excited to have you as our guest. Very excited to talk to you a little bit about some of the changes of work. And I have to say, your company name cracks me up a little because it's Impact, but it's with three C's. And I didn't know how to pronounce it at first. I really wanted to say that you work for Impact, <laughs> but that wasn't quite right. Talk to me a little bit about what you do and how you got into your line of business. So when I was still in corporate, I was in brand product marketing for quite a while. I was always just the one who did all the work, who delivered the projects, who raised the hand for any kind of responsibilities to take on, because I thought this is the way how I can make an impact, how I can get promoted further. And the first 10 years of my career, it worked well. I was the hard worker. And then like my last corporate role, it all felt hard. Didn't matter what I touched, it was exhausting. I woke up already feeling drained and I thought something is wrong. And at the same time, also my confidence went downhill from there. So I thought I just need to overcompensate. So I was in the first, I left at the last. I took more roles on responsibilities just to prove my worth. So when I got called into my manager's office, I thought I'm getting the promotion clearly because this is how it worked the last 10 years. And they put me on a performance improvement plan. And I did not see that coming because I didn't have a plan B. I built my network in this one small industry of FMCGs, fast moving consumer goods. I had my experience in this one field. I had my degree in this one industry. So I didn't have any other avenues to go. Long story short, I got into recruitment because I simply burned out from the industry. 
and I got into digital and technology recruitment. And what I realized in that field was that those professionals, they couldn't sell themselves either. They were incredible what they were doing, but they simply struggled to sell their point of difference. So what I did, I told the story because I got to know them really well in interviews. And this is when I realized in a second, you can tell your story. You are clear about your point of difference. You can communicate it confidently and in a way that resonates with decision makers. And guess what? Then you can commercialize it. And this is how it came to impact. And it's now a one-on-one person branding consultancy. You know, I've talked to my wife a lot about this and our careers are very different. She works at a very large company, thousands, if not tens of thousands of people. And she's at a point in her career now where she's facing some of the challenges that you were. And I've seen this with other friends that have worked in traditional corporate roles, where at some point you're faced with moving from being an operator to a strategist, or sometimes an operator to a manager is another way to phrase it. But you don't want to be, and I'll use a sports metaphor here, the glue guy, which is the person who does all of the little things that don't get appreciated, but are valuable to the business. It's not that someone shouldn't do those, but the people who are responsible for all of the little things never really get credit for the big milestones that are accomplished. So their careers don't necessarily move forward. As you are working with people to future-proof their work and their careers and their brand, Talk to me about some of the ways that you talk to your clients, whether they are people or companies, about building their brands. What's the strategy of building a modern brand? Well, you made a good point that it's quite different if you're an operator and started your career or you are already in a senior role and you want to progress further because the tasks are changing. And it also depends if you are in your high performance zone that you get the results. And I always say perception is reality. So people can only see how you act and interact with them. And they put you in boxes, whether we like it or not. But we are in control of which boxes they should put us. So for me being the doer, my senior leadership team didn't see the leadership qualities in me because I was the doer. But I had the perception that I just need to work harder because this proves my worth. But that wasn't the case. They said, you need to delegate more. You need to build a team around you. You need to think more strategically and act more strategically. So whilst I thought strategically and did all the right things, I didn't include anyone else in there. And this comes down to communication. So the higher you climb, the more of a senior role you want to take on, whether it's a board engagement, speaking engagements, or becoming the leader of a team or organization, you need to work on your communication skills. And that comes down to being clear what you can bring to the table. Everyone's got their own natural strengths, but also weaknesses. When you know when you are in your high performance zone, you can build a team around it that complements your strengths, but also your weaknesses. So for me, I was always in new product development roles. So I came up with new ideas, concepts. I launched over 55 new products and it was easy because I'm a magician from a brand archetype, but I've never realized that because in the first 10 years of my professional life, I never invested into personal development. It was always just upskilling in marketing related fields. So when I was in my last role, which was all about operations, managing budgets, stakeholder engagement, I felt drained because it was completely out of my high performance zone. And there's this great saying or this quote saying, if you put a fish on a tree and expect it to climb, they would feel dumb because it's (laughs) not their element. And it's the same with our careers. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You got to say that one again. (laughs) If you put a fish on a tree. And expect it to climb. 
it's going to feel dumb because they're not made to climb. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one. And this is the same when we put people into roles. The traditional way of career development or progression is that you perform well, so you get promoted. Then you look after a team. But being a high performer and an individual contributor to leading a team and enabling the team to be high performing, completely different skill sets. There's not one better than the other. It's just different personalities bring different qualities to each role. So we've talked a lot about branding on this podcast and some of the tools and services and and just generally the practice of marketing is both an art and a science. And when you're building a brand, my advice is to always talk to your customers and ask them about the problems that they're facing and what solutions they're looking for. When you are working with people who are starting to think about building their personal brand and branding their career, time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. There's no customer to talk to. That has to be an introspective process. So how do you advise your clients on figuring out what their core strengths are so they can brand themselves not only to be something specific, but to also work in an area where they have a distinct advantage? It also starts with an introspective, but it turns into an external aspect also. So we're starting with a brand archetype test that we know what your natural strengths are. And I always say your brand archetype is basically your DNA. You can't change that. But then we're also looking into your strengths and skills that you can develop and looking at those skills and qualities and values that you want to be associated with. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so many get stuck in the field because they've progressed in the same career, doing a task or a job really well, but actually hate it. They are drained afterwards because they've never experienced what it actually means to be in flow state. So once we know that what they want to stand for, the qualities that they want to be associated with, the values that they say, this is totally me and I would be more than proud if anyone introduces me as this person, 
then we have a look into their field, their external environment. It could be anyone from their peers to their family, friends, superiors, but also sometimes clients when they're freelancing and get their perspective and say, if you would introduce person so-and-so to a completely new other person who do have never met, how would you introduce them? And this is where we pick up on qualities and words that they are associating this person already with. It could be, oh, he's the most reliable person ever. Or it could be, if you want to get things done, you definitely go to this person. He's the smartest analyst you can ever imagine. These are the kind of words we're looking for. When we hear, oh, he's a great marketer, nah, completely red flag, because that means nothing. <laughs> you don't want to be a great whatever, because there's no quality, there's no distinction. And this is why I always say you want to build a brand rather than just a career or a business, because the brand is the emotional connection with it. This is what sticks with people. This is the memorability about you. If you say you are a great accountant, you're replaceable. It's like a toothpaste. Which one are you choosing? The cheapest, of course. And it's the same with your profession. You want to be known for something very particular. And this is where your story comes in. So talk to me about figuring out what your specific positioning should be. I'll preface this with, you know, when I was starting off my consulting practice, I was in the ATM, anything for money phase. And I would take on everything from, you know, running PPC campaigns to brand management, creative development. And eventually I started to specialize into what I call brand development and marketing strategy. How should other customers of yours think about figuring out what their products are or what their positioning is? To be honest, I think everyone starts broad and just accepts everything and everyone because this is how you start your business. And I'm a big fan to just trialing things out because we have to experience firsthand before we can make the decision. Just thinking about if this industry or this profession is for us, doesn't get us anywhere. So you want to start broad to just get some feedback and insights. And then you want to go a little bit further and say, who is it that I really enjoy working with? Who feels even like a friend? Who am I interested to talk to? And also what is aligned with my personal interests? I could work obviously with anyone also, but I'm very interested to speak with digital marketers and technology professionals because they're often left-brainers. So they're using a lot of effects and figures and they're often missing the emotional side of things, how they can actually tell the story. I'm not necessarily the best person to work with, say, a creative or a wedding planner. They're not kind of my people because they're often very emotional. I'm also very left brain. I've got a method to follow and that makes it easier for my left brain clients to follow along with it rather than saying, oh, I don't feel like doing things today or I actually feel like doing this rather than this, what we agreed yesterday. These are not kind of my clients. So as much as I would love to help all the wedding planners and the relationship specialists in this world, they're not resonating with me and I'm not resonating with them either. So it's also being clear about what your style is, what your interests are, because you need to become the expert in it. So you need to live and breathe it. You need to learn everything there is about this industry or this field. And you want to learn about it and talk about it also when you don't get paid. And this is where passion meets your purpose when you actually deliver a result to somebody else. This is where you find your purpose because your passion is quite self-driven, what you are good at. But if you're not providing value to somebody else, it's quite hard to get paid for it. And in the end, this is what we want to turn around. That's one of the biggest challenges that I've seen with people that are going, creating an independent consulting brand like I did or going through a career change, trying to figure out what they're doing is there is always this relationship of, 
Well, I'm passionate about one thing, but that might not necessarily be the right decision for you. It's something that I've seen lots of people struggle with. How do you figure out, well, okay, I'm interested in doing one thing, but I'm great at doing another. How do you make the decision of what you want to do in some cases and what actually pays the bills? Well, I'm also a multi-passionate person. I've got very diverse interests. So what I've come to realize also that actually saved me when I made my first career transition was that I always had at least two different jobs. One was more to my kind of hobby, but at the same time, it also paid the bills. But what I've realized is when you now develop a portfolio career, this is where you can develop skills that you want to get better at and fast track your progression in the field that you actually want to be in. And or it makes it easier to transition. So for example, you might be a CTO, a chief technology officer, or a CDO, a chief digital officer in an organization, but you're also really interested in speaking and education. So a great way to test the waters and see if that's something you want to actually do more is to volunteer for some local speaking engagements to start with, or to become a guest speaker at an event, or even host lunch and learns in your own company, just to see what it's like to actually do the speaking. Because sometimes we've got a very different idea in our heads to what reality looks like. And also realize, am I happy to take all the shit sandwiches that come with any role and profession? Or does it not outweigh the positives that come with it? In reality, when you're making a decision on how to position yourself, it's not a single variable decision. I used to use this tool called Choice Map, and it doesn't exist anymore. It was an app, but essentially what it was is you can put in variables. I am looking for a job. And the things that I think are my decision-making criteria are compensation, role, title, authority, work-life balance. And did I mention compensation already? Well, compensation, we'll put that twice. And then I had to rank what those five or six variables were on a one to five scale. How much do I care about these? And for each individual role that I was applying for, then I go and assign a number value, one out of five, to how that role participates. So if the comp is great and the comp is a five variable, I essentially get 25 points for compensation. But if the location is terrible, I give it a one point. Well, if location isn't something that I really care all that much about, it's only a two out of five, that means I get 10 out of a possible 25 points for compensation. I'm walking through basically how to make a decision-making algorithm here when you are deciding on positioning yourself, it is not something that is a one-time, one-factor decision, something that you have to put a lot of thought into. And it is not only what you enjoy doing, it's what you have career perspectives for, where you can make money, what has the biggest growth opportunity, what's the lifestyle. All of those things factor into you making a decision to how to position yourselves. Now, Petra, you work a lot on the future of work. When someone is deciding, okay, look, I don't want to go do what I'm doing anymore. What are some of the things that they need to know about how to position themselves in today's modern economy? Because it is changing very rapidly. Well, that's the beauty with the future of work concept. Research shows already that we have on average five to seven different careers not just jobs, but completely different careers, thanks to technology, thanks to automation that replace quite a lot of tasks in certain professions. So whatever you're doing now, you probably won't be doing another two, five or 10 years. So it's now the best time to actually turn it around and create your own opportunities by realizing what are your interests, what are your strengths, what are your future goals, and also your desired lifestyle, 
and then create those opportunities and match it with market demand. So basically, we also want to see what are skill sets in demand? What is it that I'm already good at and can hone in on more? What are industries that are growing? And have some more research. And I always say try to get insights rather than just information. Insights meaning connect with people who are already in that company, in that industry, in that profession you consider to get into. Have a chat to them. Even, you know, the proximity principle, how can you apply that? Can you mirror somebody, shadow somebody? Can you volunteer somewhere? It's all about getting the small step insights and form a decision based around that. And then you want to build a brand around the qualities and especially those soft skills because they can be transferred. And this is why they also called power skills because they're applicable to any industry or profession. So communication is needed in the technology industry as well as in medical, as well as in education. It's just a question, how much emphasis do you want to put on there? And you also made a great point. A values change. So in my 20s, I might have completely different values. I want to travel the world, not anymore in this day and age, but I might be independent, don't have any kids, don't have a partner, any obligations. In my 30s, those values can completely change. And that also means that my career goals need to change. So how can I create a career that grows with me and evolves with me throughout my lifestyle? And this is where the personal branding aspect comes in. You want to let people to get to know you from multiple angles, from a personality point of view, from a professional point of view. And when you see those qualities that you are a good communicator, that you are very creative, simply by showing up, by providing value, by demonstrating those examples, they will come with opportunities to you. And this is why moving forward to our next conversation about LinkedIn, such a big fan, because it's a great platform to literally demonstrate and show rather than just tell about your goals and aspirations and strengths. Well, let's not spoil the secret, Petra. How am I supposed to tease the audience into coming back? What are we supposed to do? Hey, everybody, we're going to talk a little bit more about using your personal brand and using LinkedIn to develop and grow it tomorrow. So we're going to wrap up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Petra Zink, the personal branding, digital strategist, speaker, career coach, and consultant at Impact for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, even though Petra spilled the beans, we're going to talk about developing your business and your personally branded career through LinkedIn. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Petra, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Petra Zink, P-E-T-R-A-Z-I-N-K. Or you could visit her company website, which is Impact with three C's. That's Impact, I-M-P-A-C-C-C-T dot com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.